Great timing. Morning, everybody. So lovely to welcome you and to see you, or at least, you know, half of you. Um, but what I can see looks uh, excited and animated and lovely that you're in the room and those online as well. Welcome uh, from me as well. Good morning. Uh, imagine with me, uh, I know it's a bit unlikely, but imagine with me that this afternoon uh, a rather bright and curious seven-year-old stops you on the street and says, excuse me, I've got two questions for you. And the first one is, can you tell me what does Sabbath mean? And, and second, what does Sabbath mean to you? I told you it was an unlikely scenario. Nonetheless, imagine with me that. I'm going to give pause for just a moment for you at least to begin to think of your answer to those two questions. What does Sabbath mean? What does Sabbath mean to you? Says the seven-year-old. Or at least a pause enough for you to begin to get in touch with the feelings that you might have associated with answering that question that takes a lot more than 10 seconds. Uh, if that encounter happened to be on the high street over there, a few hundred yards over there, uh, outside a particular building, one thing that you could do would be turn around and say, well, have you, do you know about the entertainer? And you could explain why that shop is closed today. Indeed, why that shop is closed every Sunday. Perhaps you know the story. Gary Grant is the owner, the founder of The Entertainer. It's one of the biggest independent retail toy shop chains in the country. There's eight or nine of the bigger ones are in decline and indeed going bust. Those happen to open seven days a week. But Gary is a follower of Jesus. And I found this quote from him. As a follower of Jesus, he says... I believe that there should be a day of rest for most people, and, and for mo a day of rest a week, and for most people, Sundays that day. As a company, we employ seven or eight hundred people. It must be more than that now. Many of them are family people, though not all. It's important for us that they get a break when they can spend time at home with their kids or when friends can get together with friends. I've got a business that's financially viable. We pay our bills on time. We make a profit, and I can do all of that in six working days. I believe in a living, loving, active God says Gary Grant. You can't pick and mix with his teaching. There's a little verse in the Bible that says, I'll honor those who honor me. Wisely, he goes on to say about that. God knows our hearts. If we try and apply that passage in the wrong way, with the wrong motive, I don't believe it will work. But if we do apply it correctly, I don't believe that God will let us down in any walk of life or any circumstance. And that is my experience. And then he finishes, this isn't a kind of blind rule keeping on my part. I know why the Sabbath is important. God has said that we all need to rest. And so we all need to hear that and do that. Love that. As Nikki says, we're continuing in this uh, series around healthy habits that contribute to a rule of life, helping us to keep God at the center of everything. And I wonder if you've been following, if you're part of Trinity, you've been following these past few Sundays, how you're doing with that so far, whether you have yet made any prayerful decisions or any changes intentionally to uh, what you'd call your rule of life. Four one-line reminders, just, I'm not going to go over the whole thing, but just to remind us, all those who are catching up, number one, please commit to the whole series. If you're with us, of course, if you're just visiting, popping in and out, fair enough. But if you're part of Trinity, you want to do the journey, then do the whole journey, is what I'd encourage. And if you've missed a few, catch up. Two, this, these Sunday messages, they're only meant as a springboard for further prayer, further reflection, further discussion with other people, like your life group, your spouse, your, your friends, and plenty of resources to help us to invest in that properly, rather than just superficially. 
all kinds of things at the bookstall, on the website, the Walking with God section. I want to commend again Bridgetown Church, who have got a, a brilliant website on this. My wife's brilliant book contributes to this on sale at the back afterwards. Plug over. Um, Three, please ditch, again, any idea that these are religious duties and obligations. Let's get our heads and our hearts in touch with the reality of a loving Father who gives us beautiful gifts to help us on the journey of knowing and loving Him and knowing and, uh, and loving others. Gifts that bless us as Sabbath does. And fourth, whatever your starting point, will you make some decisions or even a decision? We're all starting in different places with this. But intentional means exactly that, doesn't it? It means intentionally praying, planning, pondering, thinking, and then making a change so that we grow, so that we all become more healthy as followers of Jesus. So yes, Hill spoke about part one on, on rest uh, last week, introduced us to the, to the whole notion of rest. It's only possible uh, to function well as a human being, as God designed us to do, if we have a good rhythm of rest. And today we're diving a little bit more deeply, more specifically, perhaps a bit more practically, into an aspect of God's rest, a specific aspect. It's not the only one, but it's quite a key one, that, that thing of Sabbath. Keep Sabbath special will be the title if you want one. Keep Sabbath special. And by the way, on the Walking with God website and the brilliant Bridgetown uh, Church website, there are two particular books that I'd commend to you on this topic if you want to use a book to take you further. The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. I'm sorry, I meant to have a picture and I haven't, but they're available. The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. And then John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. A couple of outstanding books. That latter one, by the way, uh, just, just suggests that there's a whole number of... I'm, I'm excited about the sequel to The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I could fill in a number of things there. The Ruthless Elimination of Wasps will be probably my next one, or <laughs> Porridge. Or Spoiling Cheese by Putting Fruit in It. Why would you do that? The Ruthless... I better stop there. i get into trouble. There is a, there's, there's a better... Um, there's an even better book than those. It's, it's the Bible. I'm going to quote from the Bible so that this is a legitimate meeting. Uh, Exodus 20. It's going to come up on the screen. Let me remind us what the Lord says about what we're talking about here. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Exodus chapter 20 is the word of God, and it crops up, of course, in all other kinds of places. Let's be clear, and please don't hear me sounding harsh on this, but there's challenge involved here, isn't there? Let's just acknowledge there's challenge. If I basically ignore the Sabbath or treat it lightly, or, uh, I am effectively saying it doesn't matter. That's the logic of that position, isn't it? Or at least I'm saying it doesn't matter enough for me to make it a really big priority in my life. Which is to say, let's be clear, God, you got it wrong. Sure, God, it crops up in that ancient list of yours, which also includes things like don't kill people and uh, don't nick stuff from other people that doesn't belong to you, and don't tell lies, and I'm kind of good with those ones, but the Sabbath, that one doesn't really work for me. But when we give an account of our lives <laughs> before the throne of, yes, mercy, yeah, good luck with that approach. So let's be equally clear about another thing, that when we 
go against, come up against God's word, it's not God's word that gets broken. It's us. God's word is, sure, his, his, his life-giving breath, creative force and power. We need to be in touch with it in all kinds of ways, obviously. But it's described in the Bible as a rock. God's word is also a rock. It's unbreakable. It's eternally true. So when we come up against it, it's not the word that gets broken or damaged. It's, it's us. That, that, that is the consequence. And of course, we see that consequence played out. You see the result of that all the time. In this Sabbath context then, not resting properly, not taking Sabbath, being over busy, being overstretched, sure, we'll all survive for a while. But God has wired our, our minds and our, and our bodies and the way that we're created eventually to, to tell us that if you don't stop, I'm going to stop you and we get sick or we, we have a crash or whatever. Actually, you see it in society too. I'm old enough to remember. If you're under 35, you won't remember these days. But when I was at university, um, the Keep, Sabbath, uh, Keep Sunday special campaign was going. I was in the town where the, the center of that organization was actually based, and I, I rubbed shoulders a lot with the people there. Uh, and the law was changing, and, and they were obviously trying to say, no, let's keep Sunday special, because in those days, the, the shops weren't open. Nothing was open. And that campaign lost, and, and we lost that battle. And some saw that as a, a great victory for you know, individual liberty and freedom of choice and all of that. That was all part of the demonic deception, in my view. And what happened tragically, inevitably, society got a bit more broken because it came up against the Word of God and got broken on the Word of God. And, it, and it's well-documented and indeed well-researched since that time as our world is pretty much 24-7. Sunday looks pretty much the same as every other day. Contributed to family life um, suffering increased stress, church decline, all kinds of negative effects on uh, social uh, health and, and mental health and physical, spiritual well-being and so on. So keep Sabbath special. It's a pretty simple message. But what does it mean? Go back to our seven-year-old. What does it mean to keep Sabbath special? What does Sabbath do and what do we do on Sabbath? And again, some of us will be very worked out on this, others just beginning to get our, our heads and hearts around it. So let's just take four brief headings, uh, and they are just headings that to work out in, in groups, as I say. Number one, uh, Sabbath enables us to renew our priorities, to renew our priorities. It renews our priorities. Sabbath itself, clearly, Exodus 20, is a priority in itself. It's a God-given command, useful one. It's a God-given necessity for living well. It's a God-given gift of time and opportunity. But it also helps us to renew every other priority, actually, as we practice it, to refresh our perspectives. I know it's a, a really old illustration that I've got here, but I, it seems to me it's one of those that needs to get passed down the generation. So bear with me if you've seen it before, but if you haven't, just, just be refreshed in it. We fill our time with all kinds of stuff. All kinds of things go into those days and hours and weeks that make up our lives. Of course they do. Good stuff, bad stuff, neutral stuff, ugly stuff, and so on. But what we can find is having filled it, that those things that we, we also call our priorities, those things that are important to us, or we say that they're important to us, like, I don't know, spending quality time with, with kids or something, or, or quality time with a spouse, or, or yes, Sabbath, because we might, as a follower of Jesus, say, yeah, that, that, that kind of matters to me. I think we might actually find that, oh dear, they, they don't actually fit, because it's too full. Friends, we have to be honest at that point and go, what we call our priorities <laughs> actually aren't. 
in that moment. We make time for the things that we value. So if God says it, and we believe it, and want to do it, and we want to say that these are priorities, surely they go in first, don't they? Surely they're the, the big rocks, slash tennis ball. They're the big rocks, including that big rock, according to Exodus chapter 20 of Sabbath, that go in first. And then there's some other things that happen. And a couple of things kind of follow from that. Hmm. At least a couple of things follow, fairly obvious and, and, and straightforward. I may well not be able to fit everything into my life in the way that I might hope our culture, and I would say the, the devil behind our culture, wants us to believe that we can have and do everything. And it's a demonic lie. But at least I've made my priorities my priorities, the things I've worked out that really, really matter, because I've been intentional. Secondly, it enables me actually to assess, taking Sabbath, putting a priority on it, enables me to assess a little bit more effectively, so what are these other things? What are the things that I fill my time with, that I'm doing with my, my weeks and my days and my hours? I see them perhaps with fresh eyes. That refreshes my perspective. Among them, Sabbath will show you your taskmasters. I want to say that clearly. Sabbath will show you your taskmasters, the things that you, you, you can't give up, the things that you find really hard to, to limit in your life, the things that have a hold perhaps on more of your time than you're aware of. They have some sort of unhealthy grip or that you think you're in control of them, but actually they drive you. And if we're honest, it can then reveal to us some of the lies or the fears that lurk behind those things. I can't afford to take a whole Sabbath. Because unless I keep working, X, Y, Z is going to happen. Or I won't get it all done. Or I won't have enough. Or I won't pass my exams. Or my house will fall apart. Or my kids will say that they hate me if I, if don't say, if, if I say no to what they want to do on a Sunday. And like anything else, I want to say, like, any, like anything else, Sabbath is ultimately a trust issue. Ultimately, Sabbath is an issue of trust. Trusting God. Can I trust God with those fears and, and challenges and things, or do I have to take control because he's not quite got it? So let's get real and ask some challenging questions. If you don't take one day in seven, at least, as a Sabbath, a 24-hour Sabbath each week, why not? Please don't hear judgment. I'd say this as much to myself as anybody else. We've got to ditch the whole judgment thing. It's not about that. But why not? What priorities are you putting in that jar instead? Do an audit. It will be a great time to do that, beginning of this academic year. Commonly, it will be things that are maybe work-related or even household chore-related or things dictated by children or shopping or shadmin, as we rather rudely call it in our house, or preparing a presentation for Monday or um, finishing some sort of assignment that you didn't quite get around to that maybe could have finished a little bit earlier if I hadn't quite spent so long uh, two days ago on BBC Sport or on social media, or on you know, whatever, whatever, you fill in your blank. Speaking to me, by the way. Big rocks first. It's become a mantra in our own household. I hope it is in yours. Big rocks first. Sabbath shows us our, our priorities. I'm going to move a little quicker with the other three headlines. Sabbath enables us to rest our mind and body. Sabbath means resting your mind and body. After all, the word Sabbath essentially means stop. The Hebrew word, the root of it, stop. That's what it means. 
And as the Lord gave it to us in Exodus right there, the heart of it is don't work, stop working. So there's a different rule of six, yet another different rule of six. Do all your work in six days, he says, but once a week, stop. In brackets, by the way, let's acknowledge that the weekend is not biblical. That's a modern invention. Discuss. <laughs> work is a good thing. Of course it is. It's a God-given thing. Whether it's paid or not paid, that's not really the issue. Work, we're designed to work. It's a pre-fall thing. God designed us to flourish, but not seven days a week. The obvious question then at this point is going through our minds. So, well, what counts as work, Tim? What counts as work? What counts as rest? What's on the list? Give us the list. Just give us the list and then we'll be fine. What, what's in, what's out? No, I'm not going to do that. Partly because I can't and I'm working it out myself. Partly because that's about you wrestling and it'll look a little different, of course, depending on who we are and our circumstances. But here's just a few bullet points as we process that question this week, or if you haven't already. Uh, a lot of what we call rest in our culture is exactly the opposite. It's just overstimulation of a different sort. So let's watch that. It's not rest for mind or body, especially a lot, a lot by the way, that happens through screens. Another survey I found recently, 65% of people say that Sunday is their busiest day of the week. 34% say it's the most stressful. Over half say Sunday is for getting things done. In other words, work. And there's an awful lot of work then that we can avoid on our Sabbath by putting it elsewhere. Most of us aren't even employed six days a week, let alone seven. So there's, there's time. God gave us time to do that stuff. Uh, three on these bullet points. Avoid legalism like the plague. Absolutely. Let's not get legalistic. I want to remind us every good gift from God is from God and he loves us and therefore it's beautiful and it's not a heavy imposition upon us, not, not to weigh us down. So these things, Sabbath included, are not to, to trap us in some sort of religious duty. They're exactly the opposite. They are to free us up. They are to liberate us to be the people that God has created and designed us to be. So we have to have that mindset as we see it. But... We all benefit from that thing that we call a bit of self-discipline, a bit of boundaries, as Hills often says. And unless you've got a really strong no to some things, you can't have a strong yes to some other things. And we're wanting a strong yes around Sabbath and what that contains. So we'll need some strong no's about the things that it doesn't contain. And the word means no and no to work. And lastly, if the Sabbath is to be holy, holy means different, doesn't it? I want to ask, so what are the implications for the Sabbath day that will make it look holy, that will make it different, a little set apart? What are the implications for some of the other things besides work that I do pretty regularly on the other days? Emails and you know, my availability, social media maybe. I'm going to mention just one, because I think it's perhaps the biggest one for many of us to wrestle with, including me. What is your relationship with technology like, especially your mobile phone or device? If Sabbath enables rest for minds and bodies, are there any implications for how I use my phone on that day relative to how I use it on other days? I've been really challenged on that one as I've been rethinking this myself. Number three, Sabbath refocuses our spirit. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy to the Lord your God is the mandate we've been given. Worship Jesus. Waste time with him on Sabbath, of course. And, and you will rightly say, come back to me, yeah, but Tim, worship is a, is a way of life. Worship embraces all kinds of things that happen everywhere. You're surely not saying it's just a one day of seven. No, of course I'm not. Absolutely not. Every day uh, is a day to worship in different kinds of ways. Of course it is. But again, if holy means different, there is a clear um, encouragement here, clear exhortation. And by the way, backed by 2,000 years of 
Christian history that says, no, there's something special about worshiping on this day. It's a special focus. It's a, it's a particular opportunity, and especially gathering with others to do so, especially that. So again, I'm encouraging us to ask ourselves, perhaps provocatively, no judgment on my part, if this is not a Sabbath priority for you, the getting together with others on your Sabbath every week in order to worship God in some shape, form, or size, and I appreciate it doesn't need to look like this, I want to say, why not? What's taking its place? What are the, the competing big rocks, if you like, or priorities that led you to choose those things over this thing? What lie, and again, what lies beneath that? And again, if I may, I'm going to draw attention to one specific one. And this, again, may sound um, overly provocative. Please understand, I don't mean it to be, and we've wrestled with this ourselves, particularly in early years. For parents with children, especially younger children, if Sunday is your Sabbath, and it also happens to be the day when parties happen and clubs happen and sports happen and a whole bunch of things that are attractive to children happen, I just want to ask that question. Are you wrestling with the, the issue of priority? Are you looking at how those things compete with another priority from Exodus 20, which is about keeping Sabbath special? And how do those, and I'm, I'm not giving neat and clear answers, but are you, I'm asking the question, parents, are you wrestling with that? And who are you wrestling with that, that with? Are you seeking God's wisdom? Yes, through his book. Yes, through prayer. Yes, with each other. But yes, through people who have maybe been in your shoes and, uh, and people that you respect and can bring some wisdom to that really tough, tough uh, issue. I'm not belittling it for a minute. So there may well be some aspects of practicing Sabbath that are um, hard to kind of work out, and they need some grappling with. But this one needs no grappling with. Worship God. Waste time with God, because, of course, it will never be wasted. That's at the heart of Sabbath. Last one. Sabbath enables us to recharge our emotions. In my view, could be wrong, but in my view, God didn't stop work on the seventh day because he was tired or because he himself needed rest but partly at least to enjoy the things that he had worked on. And I believe that the gift of Sabbath is partly a gift to us to enable us to enjoy the things that he has worked on for our benefit, the things that he has done and gives us and offers for our enjoyment, for our delight. Andrew used the phrase earlier in, in relation to, to Sabbath. It's a delight to enjoy his blessings. Most Obviously come to mind, of course, the beauty of creation. So many of us would use Sabbath to include that, slowing down enough, taking walks and so on, enjoying nature, especially in a beautiful place like this, but slowing down enough to, to appreciate the richness and the beauty and the variety and all of those things. And sure, different things are going to recharge our emotions differently. That's why there's great flexibility and freedom in this as we just take it to God and, and have fun with that. Good music, good things to read, silence for some, not others. Uh, laughter, joy, wild swimming, kicking the leaves, whatever it is, and clearly food, clearly food, feasting and fasting alongside each other, strong Jewish biblical traditions that, 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 that uh, require us, to, they, they're, they're theological things to get our head around. Sure, feasting can be just a, a you know, gluttonous act of, of self-indulgence, but it can be an act of worship, of course it can. Food so central in so many ways, but how about the food traditions that we develop on a on a Sabbath, I use people who take time over a really good meal. Consider it as a beautiful part of your worship. We enjoy what God has provided, especially as we share it. I've been watching Hills and I've been loving watching um, The Chosen. Many of you will have connected with that. If you haven't, please watch The Chosen. It's the best box set around at the moment. 
And there's this beautiful depiction in one of the, 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 the episodes of Shabbat and, and the food traditions around that and the hospitality traditions around that, sharing it with family, sharing it with friends, sharing it with strangers, sharing it with those who feel on the margins, on the outside. And I'm guessing that some, even on a scattered Sunday like today, might be, or perhaps especially on a Saturday, a scattered Sunday, might be doing that. And so on. I'm going to stop. Sabbath, quite clearly not just the absence of something, although it is that. It's the absence of work. Stop working. But also the presence of other things. Unhurried, thoughtfully, prayerfully discerned and chosen. Resisting the culture of the age that ridicules the idea of a special day, one in seven, God's Sabbath design. And we're contending, are we not, in this family for something much better, much more healthy, and for that to be established as a rhythm in our lives, if it isn't already, that renews our priority, all our priorities, that rests our mind and our bodies, that refocuses our spirits and recharges our emotions. So quite clear encouragement, I think, as we pray, as we ponder, as we process with others in the, in the days to come, use the notes, use the resources, use everything that's available. But let's be those who keep Sabbath special for God's sake and ours. Amen.